Shabbat Shalom, everyone. You know, you're not going to be happy with me today. Just letting you know. I'm just letting you know before we start. My text for today, uh, if you have a Bible, is First John. I'm, I've been studying this letter and sort of meditating on it for the last month or so, actually. Uh, you need something to, uh, you know, temper it when you've been studying the book of Revelation for four months. So, so I'll be looking at a portion from the second chapter. I'm going to be beginning in verse 7. And, you know, our country is uh, today enduring one of the most divisive political moments in our history, maybe since the Civil War, in my estimation. And we all know what we're talking about. But my concern is that we who are believers, uh, we need to be reminded constantly that we are to live our lives by a higher standard. So I have to confess that this election season has left me kind of in a depression and I have, uh, well, I may have my own political leanings. It's not because my favorite candidate may lose the election, but rather what these campaigns have done to our body politic that's disturbed me the most. Believe me, I'm not so naive as to believe that we have never had vitriolic campaigns before. Uh, I'm sure that the campaign of 1860 had this one beat, frankly. But never in my lifetime have I seen the truth so misused and so abused by so many people. We become a country that lives in the shadow of lies. Lies which come from all sides and blind us to what ultimately should be the goal in this or any other election. Namely, the unity and common good of all of our people. In his letter, John says this to his community there. He says, Beloved, I'm not writing a new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard. So John is telling us that we, above all people, should be seekers of truth. Yet now... Finding the truth is more difficult than ever, it seems, at least. I know this sounds counterintuitive, really. Today, we have more ways of finding things out than we have ever had. So you'd think that the truth would be much more accessible. But it's not so. In an article entitled, How the Internet is Loosening Our Grip on the Truth, Author Farhad Manju uh, writes concerning the internet, and I quote, The root of the problem with online news is something that's initially, it sounds great. We have a lot, of, lot more media to choose from. A wider variety of news sources was supposed to be the bulwark of a rational age. The marketplace of ideas. 
the boosters called it, but, but that's not how any of this works. Psychologists and other social scientists have repeatedly shown that when confronted with diverse information choices, people rarely act like rational, civic-minded automatons. Instead, we are roiled by preconceptions and biases, and we usually do what feels easiest. We gorge on information that confirms our ideas, and we shun what does not. You know, listen, how many of us read the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal? How many people watch MSNBC and Fox News? You know, not many of us. We sit there and we just look at what makes us all feel good and confirm our own suspicions about the world. That's not seeking the truth because no, no one group has the truth unless we seek it from this book. But you know what? This book does not deal with current events, but it does teal us, teach us how to deal with the information that we are given. And if we take the same tack as everybody else, then what different difference is there between us and those who do not believe? In other words, when we look for the truth, we have to search for it diligently and find it even in places that may be uncomfortable. Farad goes on to say, this dynamic becomes especially problematic in a news landscape of near infinite choice. Whether navigating Facebook or Google or the New York Times smartphone app, you are given ultimate control. If you see something you don't like, you can easily tap away to something more pleasing. Then we all share what we found with our like-minded social networks, creating closed-off, shoulder-padding circles online. End quote. And listen, we're all guilty of it, but we shouldn't be. It's something that we all need to repent of if we are going to live our lives in accordance with Messiah Yeshua's word to us about what, is to, what fair-mindedness is and what love is. In other words, the truth doesn't matter. What matters is how it all makes me feel. Does it meet my personal need? So we each form our own universe of truth, and we all have the information we need to back up our claim. Right, you found it on the internet, it must be true. So you can just hoard that information and tell everybody you, you know the truth. In doing so, though, we miss the real point. John has told us that we belong to Messiah Yeshua. The things he's taught us, the word of God, is the foundation of truth. John continues to tell us in, in this portion, whoever keeps his word... In him, the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner that he walked. That's from verses 5 and 6. So, how has Messiah walked this earth? What was the hallmark of his ministry? That we walk in the light of love. 
He told us, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Now, brothers and sisters, love has not been the watchword of this campaign. Now, I don't expect it to be, because politics is not, yeah, it is what it is. But where have we gone? And why have we participated? See, I listen, I don't have great expectations for most of the world, nor our politicians, our political life. But I do have great expectations for the people of God. And too often, I, listen, I sneak a look at Facebook, even though I don't post anything. And I see what believers are saying on both sides of the political equation. And it breaks my heart. And we can't be that way when God says we are to be lovers. Now, I've been guilty of this too. I can't argue. And that's why I'm like in a depression. Because I don't want to be that way. I want to live my life at a higher level. So that on Wednesday, or Tuesday, whenever this election is over, mercifully over, I'll be able to say, listen, this is our president and we're going to have to live with this person and do the best we can and support them, as a matter of fact, whoever they may be. The last thing this country needs is another four or eight more years of fighting and infighting when people are starving, when people need, need jobs, when people need, children need education. There are a million things that we have to do as a nation. We don't need to be infighting. He told us that we have a commandment, that we love one another. That's the new commandment. For those of you who don't know, Martin Buber was one of the great Jewish theologians slash philosophers of the 20th century. He wrote a book called I and Thou. How many of you have heard heard of that book? It's a hard read, but it's a book worth reading. And in it, he explored the relationship between man and his fellow man, and between man and God. And the basic thrust of his, of his premise is that we can treat people as objects, the I-it relationship, or create true intimacy, the I-thou relationship. By doing so, we see others as bearers of the divine image, worthy of being treated as equals, as those who deserve love. In a recent article entitled, Read Buber, Not the Poles, David Brooks, who's a a columnist in in the New York Times and other places, I guess he's a syndicated columnist of some sort, conservative, by the way, for those of you who care, commenting on the state of things today, he said this, he said, Today, America is certainly awash in distrust. So many people tell stories of betrayal. So many leaders model combativeness, isolation, and distrust. But the only way we can get beyond depressing years like this one is at the level of intimacy. If if Americans reconnect with the living center of the national story, and they rebuild vows at every level. That's the way we do it. 
by building I-thou relations at every level of our lives. That we remember that the people we are discussing, even if we don't agree with them on politics, are our friends, our neighbors, our countrymen. That we have to live at a a level of love. It will calm down the debate. And when it's all over, we'll be able to figure out a way to work together. This is how it's done. I can't imagine what Wednesday's really going to be like, no matter who wins. Because there's so much vitriol flying in the air that I can't imagine either one of these people being able to govern this nation when the smoke clears. This is what we do when we make our elections into a brawl rather than an intelligent discussion about what will be best for our country. And believers should be leading the way in this discussion. If anyone should know the commandment, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you shall love your enemy. Even so, we should be the ones who should be leading the way, particularly those who claim to be believers and are doing this. How can you, you know, engage in this debate the way we have? Well, you see, that's what's been missing from this campaign season, as far as I'm concerned. The I-thou relationship. And it has left us devoid of human decency, civility, courtesy, and respect. All these things stem from a single source, and that is love. As John says in this letter on verse 9, he says, The one who says he's in the light, yet hates his brother is in the darkness until now. And in the darkness of this campaign, we've institutionalized and normalized mendacity. I've been looking for a way to use that word for a long time. (laughs) Now it's okay to lie and to hate. That's what mendacity is, lying. It's okay to lie and hate as long as it's for a good cause at least as we see it. But John would tell us that if we do this, we are walking in the darkness. So we are believers in Messiah Yeshua must lead the way in love. We all know that whoever becomes the next president is not the answer to the problems that beset this world. This is why we have put our hope in the one who will lead the world to life, because he is the source of life. But until the time when he returns for us, we are the bearers of his light in this world, sinking further and further into darkness. So we're commanded to love one another, and love even those who do not agree with us. The way to the kingdom is not by coercion, or cleverness, or by outthinking your opponent, and certainly not by dismissing them as fools or criminals, but being examples of the light of Messiah, by following him as closely as we can. As John reminds us, the world is passing away with all its desires, but the person who does the will of God remains forever.
So let's love, but go out and vote. Okay? Thank you for listening to my rant. All right. Now back to our real business. No, that's real. That's really our business too, isn't it? The application of our business in real time. So, we all know, as I said, that whoever becomes the president is just an agent of God in this world, and let's hope they do a good job. So we pray for them, and that's what we need to be doing. So, in fact, let's pray. So, Lord God, may your will be done. May your uh, leader rise up. And I pray for our nation, Lord, that we will heal from the wounds of this uh, particularly uh, vicious contest. And that on the, when, it's, when the smoke clears, we will all accept what, is, uh, what your will is for us for the next few years. But we know also, Lord God, that uh, whoever uh, is, is that person is not the one to whom we owe our first allegiance. We are people of God first. We are children of the kingdom first. And uh, there our allegiance must always lie first. Nevertheless, Lord God, I pray that we will be those who will, you know, for once we elect somebody and then we help them to do their job the best that they possibly can. That is our hope. Now, Lord God, Save your nation. Save your people. Rescue us, O oh God, by returning our Messiah to us speedily and soon. And let us all say, Amen. Amen.